The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. So we are live. This is uh, my second attempt to deliver the Keep Leading podcast to my audience live. And I have another willing participant willing to test this with me. (laughs) You're looking at her. The amazing Alyssa Cone. Alyssa is just simply wonderful. I'm excited to have her with me. So let me begin with the proper introduction and say welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of executive coaching, facilitation, and professional speaking. Today is a very special episode. Today we are talking about leadership during this interesting time in human history. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about how we can pivot, how you can build your team, and all things startup. And I've got, as I said, the amazing Alyssa Cohn. You see her right there. And Alyssa is an executive coach. She's a speaker. And she helps leaders and teams make permanent positive shifts in their behaviors and the results they achieve. She is recognized as the number one startup coach in the world. And she's also one of the top 30 global gurus for startups. She's one of Marshall Goldsmith's 100 coaches. And naming her a top executive coach, Women's Business described her as absolutely brilliant, laugh out loud hilarious, and a superhero. So without further ado, let me welcome Alyssa Cone. Alyssa, welcome to the Keep Lady Podcast Live. Hi, Eddie. Thank you so much. I appreciate so. I mean, boy, like... That is my bio and the way you like delivered that is so uh, inspiring. So thank you very much. And I think that you're the amazing Eddie Turner. So I really appreciate our being able to connect today. Well, thank you. And that means a lot coming from you, Alyssa. Alyssa, what did I miss? I didn't do your bio justice. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about you. Well, uh, I guess I would say I've had a passion for startups for uh, decades because, you know, when I was working to figure out what I wanted to do, I was seeking a whole bunch of things and I landed in startups. So I was a CFO of one startup, the head of strategy of another. And that's kind of where my roots were in terms of loving startups. 
And now what I really do is I think about helping leaders scale as fast as their high growth companies, which is particularly important now in the sort of interesting times, as you said, that we live in. Indeed. Now, for some people, it's it's hard to distinguish the difference between a startup mm-hmm. and a small business. Can you mm-hmm. tell the difference? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would think that when we think about startups, we really think about hyper growth. Mm-hmm. It's about the notion of moving quickly. And it's also about not just adding employees, although adding employees is a thing. It's also exponential increase in revenue and then all the problems and challenges and also benefits that accrue to that. A small business tends to be, we think about a small business, it just tends to be more like a linear growth path, not an exponential growth path. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. you've done so much in this area. You've become identified as the number one startup coach in the world. And there's a list of companies behind that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the people you've worked with and some of the things you've done that have made them successful that led to you gaining uh, this recognition globally? Oh, well, I, th- I appreciate your acknowledging that. And it's been um, it's been quite a year, actually, for those kinds of for those kinds of accolades. So I appreciate that. Um, I can say generally that I have worked with Etsy, with Venmo, with Envision, um, uh, Foursquare, other companies like uh, the Wire Cutter, which was acquired by the New York Times, Swipe Sense. So companies that certainly, in some ways, have cachet. But I would I would add that I've also worked with uh, worked with other companies I can't really mention, and also small companies right now who are growing again at hyper growth right now. So not necessarily household world words, but they will be. But they have, like I always say, you haven't heard of them yet, but you will. And I think what I really think about when I think about helping those startups and helping those CEOs is about how do you really adapt your style rapidly? Because the best entrepreneurs are the best learners and entrepreneurs and founders, really all founders and all people early in the startup have to quickly acknowledge the new state they're in and adapt very quickly, even though other people don't necessarily want them to adapt. And so like their team is kind of used to the way things are now, like all people, they need to lead the charge in adapting in change and also in really uh, integrating new learnings and new behaviors very quickly. Indeed. And I like what you said in terms of the companies you work with, the companies we haven't heard of yet. <laughs> but because of your work, your leadership and your coaching, uh, we will hear of them very soon. <laughs> I think about the phenomena we're all going through right now dealing with uh, Zoom. We have so many Zoom meetings. Literally, our eyeballs are hurting. Several of us I have know. said that. Right. That's right. Yeah. And that's not hyperbole. It's literal. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've been using Zoom probably since 2015. Mm-hmm. And few people had heard of it. I wish I was smart enough to have invested in it because, of course, it exploded. And now it's become a verb. I know. And everyone is using it. So I can't wait to see which verbs you're going to unleash. <laughs> on the world I'm so excited for that, day, for that day, too. Yeah. Now, not only are you are the number one startup coach in the world, but you are a prolific author. You have content everywhere. <laughs> Talk about some of the places where people can get access to your thought leadership. Well, I publish regularly on Forbes and also on Inc. and also with HBR. And I really, and also I wrote an article a few uh, year and a half ago for strategy at uh, People in Strategy about the predictable, um, sort of the predictable uh, perils that founders will get into and how to avoid them. Or as one of my friends said, what founders are going to do, but really shouldn't. 
Mm. And <laughs> I think that's really what I publish on. I publish on, you know, just like, really, like you, the topics of leadership, but really from a perspective of what does a startup uniquely need to think about? And what does a startup startup founder and all even the executives in, in um, startups uniquely need to, found, to think about? So it's really about communication. It's about how do you make sure your message is getting across? How do you understand how you're coming across as a leader? Right. So those are the kinds of topics I focus on. And I think it's um, important for everybody to all leaders have to get excellent at the domain of being a leader. And mm -hmm. when I, you know, again, when I work in tech companies, I think a lot about product development. Mm -hmm. You need to think about yourself as a leader, as a product. And how are you going to make sure that you're building your product roadmap as a leader as well? Get excellent at the domain of being a leader. Yes. I like that. I've never heard it put that way, Alyssa. Well, thank you. Fantastic. And since we're recording this live, I want to acknowledge that we have Raymond Ray. I appreciate the feedback there. Raymond Ray says, looking good, brother. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Very kind of you, Raymond Ray, uh, an amazing speaker himself who works with uh, startup organizations. And want to say thank you to my friend from Azerbaijan, who is tuned in. You have international following, Eddie. We do. The Keep Leading Podcast is heard in 70 different countries. Amazing. And I uh, was supposed to be speaking in Azerbaijan, uh, but uh, of course, the world has taken over, and I'm not sure that's going to happen now. Mm -hmm. I hear so, you. It will happen soon, I'm sure. Well, we hope so, right? We, we hope so. Yeah. So when you're coaching these CEOs and you're helping them to successfully lead these startup organizations, yeah. I'm sure there's a list of things that you tell them, but can you just share with my listeners one or two things that is the most important thing you think every CEO needs to know? Uh, yeah, I think two things. Every CEO needs to improve his or her own self-awareness. So the idea of like, where, how are you experiencing yourself? Are you anxious? Are you, um, you know, concerned? Are you exuberant? Because that is going to leak out of you no matter what. And so just getting tuning in with your own experience of your inner life is a very important role of the CEO. And then equally important, getting a sense of how you come across. So I do 360 feedback for my clients, for most of my clients, because you want to think about how do you marry your intention, what's going on with, the, with inside of you, to your impact, how others experience you. And other people are the expert on your impact. And you want to have some insight about how you come across to others. That is one very key tool. Other people are the expert of your impact. Yeah. Now, that really resonates with me as a coach who works with individuals about their emotional intelligence and their level of self-awareness. Yes. Because if that's missing, you feel you are the indicator of your impact. Exactly. So regularly, I'll say to a CEO, how'd that meeting go? Or how'd that all hands go? Isn't great? And I say, oh, how do you know it went great? Oh, because I told them this, and I told them this, and I told them this. And I say, but how do you know that they received it? What did you, what feedback did you get from them? How do you know that message sent equaled message received? And they don't often know because they haven't done that work of kind of trying to figure out what's going, like, how is that coming across to other people? Exactly. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I'd like to give a second tool if I could, or a second th sort of thing that's important. Absolutely. Please go right ahead. You no, know, for all CEOs, your suggestions are orders. And mm -hmm. so you don't always know that you're coming across. You might just be brainstorming. You might just be thinking about something. But in fact, as you are expressing yourself, you have to realize the impact your words are having. And when you think my suggestions are orders, 
that is a good way to frame what's going on, how people are reacting to you. I'm so glad you said that. And it's so true because many leaders feel like, hey, well, I didn't tell them to do such and such. Right. Well, no, you suggested it. Or even when you use out loud, it is seen as an order. Right. Exactly. Yes. I share that often both as a as a coach, but also even as a facilitator when facilitating large meetings. uh, Sometimes I might make the suggestion to my senior leaders. uh, Can you consider perhaps going second or going last? right? Right. Because every, we need to get everybody else's thinking on the table uh, before yours is taken as the, the final edict. <laughs> yeah, definitely true. Because once you signal where you're coming from, everybody wants to fall in line with where you're coming from as a leader. Everybody wants to follow line. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, since we're live, we're going to just uh, acknowledge a couple more folks who've tuned in. And we appreciate that. We've got Lonnie Williams. Appreciate my friend Lonnie Williams. He says, good afternoon. Welcome, Lonnie, to the show. We're happy to have you. We also want to show Ria, my wonderful friend from, I want to say Sweden, but it may not be Sweden, but she is also from overseas. Amazing. I absolutely love Ria. She is one of the most phenomenal leadership development people you'll meet in the learning and talent development world. Uh, she says, without ATD, this is the second best. Watching you live. You are so oh, sweet. Oh, how nice is that? Rhea is amazing. Thank you, Rhea. Well, I am talking to the amazing Alyssa Cohn. And we're talking live. Alyssa is the number one startup coach in the world, one of the top 30 global gurus for startups and one of Marshall Goldsmith's 100 coaches. And we will take a quick break to have a word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Jeffrey Hazlett, Chairman and CEO of the C-Suite Network, and you're listening to the Keep Leading Podcast with Eddie Turner. All right, so appreciate the folks who've tuned in live. We have some live viewers and we have some folks who've left comments. We appreciate that. And for the first time, I'll take it. <laughs> I know. It's so great. You know, Eddie, my word for the year is experimentation. Okay. And so I appreciate that you're letting me fulfill my word for the year by experimenting on this with you. I appreciate you being willing to experiment with me. All right. So continuing our interview with the amazing Alyssa Cohn, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is there's usually a lot of hype about startups. Uh, I look at WeWork and some of the other organizations out there. Can you talk about the impact that this pandemic has had? Will there still be hype after this? I don't mean to ask you to put you on the spot to say, tell us what's going to happen in the future, but tell us what's going to happen in the future. (laughs) Good. Well, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I can make maybe just some observations on what's going on right now. Okay in the world of startups. So there's a lot to say about this. I mean, first of all, um, I would just say like all businesses, there are plenty of startups who are accelerating through this curve. So there's one company I work with that specifically does remote manager training. You can imagine that's pretty important right now. 
Another company that I that I work with that supports machine health, so keeping your machines healthy virtually. Mm-hmm. So that is a company that again is you're really going to be able to uh, blossom in this kind of environment. And then there's another startup that I've worked with, which really sadly is quite struggling because they're an exclusively in-person experience. So you know that's just not, it's just going to really it's not a good time for them. So just like all businesses. Startups are either, you know, kind of able to be pandemic proof in this case or able to flourish in the pandemic and or not able to, unfortunately. So I think what's true for everybody is that it's important to think about crisis management, right? And having um, backup plans and having contingency plans and business continuity plans at all stages. This is bringing this is bringing this to light. But I would also say that startups right now which are well-funded and have cash in the bank or about to close funding rounds, obviously have a better kind of runway at this point and they have a better ability to weather this storm. So I think that goes back to, and I think what we're going to see in startups is a return to some of the basics like balance sheet, like cash, like making sure that you're being responsible to resources. And I think that some of the excesses that we saw with WeWork and others are going to be absolutely for you know a thing of the past coming out of this pandemic. And I think it's good. I think discipline is good. Um, I also think that startups are looking at their just kind of looking at their overall you know constraints, their budgets in a way that we all should do during good times. And so the amount of rigor and discipline this is inputting into the system, I actually think is a good thing. And there will be good businesses, unfortunately, that can't survive this experience. And that is tragic. But this will also make some businesses accelerate more quickly, which I think we've already seen, as you pointed out, with Zoom. Mm -hmm. Other companies that I work with, they were not set up for remote working. Overnight, they got set up for remote working. So I think startups' ability to be agile and adaptable is on display right now in a great way. And their ability to kind of sort of adapt to this new working environment is also really, really sort of showing itself. Interesting. Now, that reminds me of a different time in my life. I wasn't always in the leadership space and coaching. I spent uh, over 20 years in IT. Mm-hmm. And toward the tail end of my IT career, I actually worked for some startups. Mm-hmm. Actually, one startup that got bought by Dell. Mm-hmm. And most of the people who I worked with, uh, it gave me a chance because we were headquartered not in Texas, where Dell was, uh, the company I was a part of was headquartered in Silicon Valley. And most of the people I work with, all they ever did was work for startups, mm-hmm. one after another. And mm-hmm. there's a series. Yeah. And the story basically was, as they explained it to me, was startup life is a roller coaster life. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Startup life is a roller coaster life. Okay. There's no question about that. The ups and downs are extremely intense. It's like we just got this key executive who signed. We just lost this top customer. Oh my God, what are we going to do? We just got this brand new customer. Oh, this person just quit. You know, I mean, it's, and, or like, we're going to launch this great product and it's going to be ready next week. Oh, there's a miscalculation. It's not going to be ready next week. It's going to be ready in a month or something like that. That is constant. And the issue for a CEO is that the CEO who's running the entire business gets batted around by all the highs, which are extreme, and all the lows, which are extreme, and it can be exhausting because there are times where the good news and the bad news comes five minutes within each other. And so it's all those mood swings. And then, of course, that takes place throughout the company as well. It is definitely a roller coaster. 
How does an employee or how does a leader specifically maintain their equilibrium throughout all of that? I know that's a million dollar question, right? I know. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. I think first you have to accept that it is that kind of roller coaster and you've chosen that. So hopefully you've chosen something that you're so passionate about that it's going to take you through the difficult times because there definitely will be difficult times. And then it's about finding the practices that work for you to help you keep that even keel, like you're mentioning. So whether it is working out, well, by the way, I'm going to say whether it is working out, but I want to say working out and feeding yourself nutritiously and getting enough sleep is actually an important part of the process. You have to protect the asset. You have to make sure that you're okay physically and mentally in order to be okay for everybody. And then it's finding the practices that ground you. It's about um, finding maybe mindfulness, maybe taking walks, finding ways to reflect and calm down and kind of like shake out all the stress throughout the day. And then in the moments of those difficulties, it's about counting to 10, recognizing there's a person there, right? Sort of having some empathy and all those practices together in, in on the whole integrated together, help you keep it even keel when you absolutely need to. And by the way, sorry, I keep talking about like one more thing. You're fine. Practicing that. So it's not just like taking a deep breath when you need it, counting to 10 when you need it, having empathy when you need it. It's practicing on a daily basis. So when difficult things happen and you're tempted to sort of show your emotions or let off your emotions, you already have the tools that are working. Absolutely. I, I love that point because it is so true. It is not I, something like I said in the show when it comes to leadership. It's not a garment we put on and take off. Right. It must be part of us at our core so that right. that is what comes out when 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 we're under stress. Right. Under stress, we reveal who we really are. Absolutely. We don't rise to the level of aspirations. We fall to the level of our training. And so we need to be training every day for all the things that we really want to do. And leadership in a startup is itself this sort of this vocation, this this sort of it, it, its own kind of entity. And that's what you're training for. That's its performance sport that you're training for. And you have to think of it that way. We don't rise to the level of our aspirations. We rise to the level of our training. We fall to the level of our we training. We fall to the level of our training. Okay, that's the quote of the day. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to use that someplace. I don't know where, but someplace. I'm going to use that. Okay. And, I'll, and I'll source that for you. That's like... <laughs> hey, my, my source is going to be Alyssa Cone. You it, that's it. Good. That's the way this works. You know that, right? Wisdom can help everybody. That's the hope. But it's so very true, mm-hmm. right? It's not something that is, you know, just because we will it or wish it that it comes to fruition. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. If we have not been trained, we have not been educated to a certain level, we cannot wish it into existence. Right. That's exactly right. And that's the, that's the benefit of daily practice of all these kinds of things. So you ask, how do you keep an even keel? It's really about practicing keeping an even keel. Just like you say, leadership, you practice being the leader. And you can think about a lot of things in your life as a professional, certainly personally, but as a professional, mm-hmm. that benefit from that kind of daily practice. Indeed. And uh, I love what you said also in terms of what that secret sauce is. It's uh, sometimes you might think it's a, a different program or different certification, a different level of education. But yeah. you got down to the fundamentals and similar to what Dr. Rosenberg said when I interviewed her. You talked about getting more rest, more sleep and eating. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yes. The very, the very things that 
in the past in corporate America, we were told, yeah, if you needed a lot of sleep, you're weak. Right. If you, <laughs> right? you yeah. should be able to, to, to go on two or three hours of sleep a day and grind out 14 hour days. But yeah. You know, sleep is having science, a comeback. Sleep is having a comeback, right? It's having a comeback, <laughs> and the science is proving it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What have you found to be the fundamental building blocks to a successful startup? If someone wants to start one now. Oh well, I mean, you know, starting one now is really it's an interesting question. Sorry, footnote. Let's put the ellipsis after yeah. this is over. <laughs> yeah. I think it comes back to, so as a starting point, if you want to start a startup, you have to kind of marry two desires. One is to be the person who builds this entity, right? Because you think sometimes you're building a thing, building a product, building a service, but actually you're building a business. So you have to be the person who's passionate about the business, the, about the products you want to build. That's the second thing. You're going to be passionate about the space, about the products, about the services, and equally, you have to be passionate about building a business around those products, not just tinkering with those products. So that's kind of the baseline of success as an entrepreneur. And then you have to really assess yourself. Do I have the characteristics for what it takes? Do I have the grittiness, the persistence, the sort of do it no matter what, whatever it takes kind of determination? And then am I the kind of person to build a team around me? I think more and more you realize we sort of have this, this uh, myth of the sole entrepreneur, the sole founder, but actually it's really not that. It's a partnership, it's co-founders, and then even more importantly, it's the team and community you build around you who are going to be able to fill in the gaps and do the work. Also because even early stage startup, let's say it's 10 people or 20 people that you've hired, no matter how great you are, your one brain and two hands will never match the work of their right multiples of that, of all their brains together and all their heads together. So it's thinking about how you build the right, the right people around you and then have them understand the goals, have them understand you know, where we're going in the direction, help them drive the direction and then able to give them enough rope to go execute and then also find the time to sort of check in with all of them. It's very complicated, right? You're galvanizing a team and you're also, um, you're also having to do your own work as a leader at the same time, it's it's very complicated. Indeed, it yeah. really is. It's not easy. So I want to uh, change gears just a bit and talk about your work. You did a Linda program, lynda.com. You have a video about how to become a better leader. Oh, yes, that's right. I do. <laughs> yeah, along with a few other, the MG100 people. Okay, yes. Yeah. And then also something you did, a video with, uh, I mean, for those who may not know, this, uh, the MG100, Marshall Goldsmith's 100 Coaches. Mm -hmm. This is one of the original 100 uh, who were selected. Marshall said that I am not a son. I'm a grandson since I was not a part of the original 100. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told him I'll take it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's all good, right? I won't squabble about what number I am. <laughs> you sure. know, I, I'm in. So yeah. you're you're also a part of that. And as a part of that, you did an amazing video with a uh, fellow MG100 member, Dory Clark. And yeah. Marshall. yeah. And that video, you talked about how to become a coach or how to start a coaching business. You want yeah. to share a couple highlights of that? Oh, absolutely. So we did two um, sort of sets of topics. One, uh, we did a few videos and then we did two different webinars. One was, how do you start a successful coaching practice? And the second was, as a coach, how do you successfully kind of accelerate and build your practice? And so 
you know, I, it's hard to encapsulate all the wisdom that came. I mean, Marshall was amazing. And my, my, my friend and dear, dear friend and dear colleague, Dory Clark is amazing. Um, we together came up with a lot of ideas, but it really comes down to as a coach, I think what people think they have to do is I'll put out my shingle and I know I'm good right. and I don't have to market like Marshall's always into, well, then how can we have marketing departments? You know, I don't have to market myself. People should just know I'm good and find me. But that's just a fallacy. That's just a myth. People will not find you. Yeah. You have to do the work of putting yourself out there, sometimes feeling uncomfortable. So how do you get started as a coach? Well, first of all, you start coaching people. Well, how are you going to start coaching people? You have to engage with them. You have to kind of give them an offer, suggest they be coached. Even if you're starting out, even if for, for, for free or as you get a little more advanced, you start taking payment for it. But you have to be in sales. You have to ask for the business. People don't like to do that. And they're uncomfortable and they're shy. And I understand all of that. But the way I think about that is successful people do what unsuccessful people don't feel like doing, which is something I tell myself all the time. No, that's a great reminder. Successful people do what unsuccessful people don't feel like doing. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. I love that as well. Boy, you've given me so many good quotes here. I'm going to have a hard time <laughs> siphoning them for the video that we make afterwards. <laughs> Alyssa, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> Tell me, how would you summarize our conversation today? Oh, interesting. How would I summarize our conversation? Um, well, one thing I would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the end, which is this is true for everybody, not just those of you by, who are trying to build and, uh, and start a practice, a coaching practice. Always and forever, think about the things you know you need to do and you are shying away from doing for your own reasons because you're uncomfortable, because you're shy, because you don't want to, because you're resistant, because it shouldn't have to be that way. Get all of that out of the way. And do those things because your life will be a lot better if you constantly challenge yourself and do the things that you know you should do. So that's kind of one summary. And I think the second summary around startups and leadership is that, I, I don't know, I'd love to hear what you think, but it's like it's a daily practice and you've got to practice. And that for all of us, certainly startup founders, but for all of us, we have to accept the new reality, whether it's in your hyper growth, growth company whether it's in a global pandemic, and then think about how you adapt to the situation and move forward no matter what. Beautiful. Thank you. And on the Keep Leading podcast, I always love to get the favorite quote or best piece of advice that my leaders have received to share with other leaders so they can keep leading. <laughs> so I think that the best, I mean, I've gotten so much good advice. I mean, I kind of come back to this is advice that was given to me is that we don't rise to the level of aspirations. We fall to the level of our training. I think that's important advice for me, for everybody. And Marshall Goldsmith once told me, you don't ask, you don't get. Mm. And that has also been very uh, important advice for me. Fantastic. Alyssa, thank you for all you've shared with me today. How can my listeners uh, get more information about you? Well, they can definitely go to my website, which is alissacone.com, A-L-I-S-A-C-O-H-N.com. And they can find me on Twitter at Alyssa Cone. Follow me. Excellent. We're going to put that in the show notes so that everyone can reach out to you, connect with you. Uh, they want to be able to know what you're doing, especially uh, all these articles you've written, your thought leadership. It's uh, quite vast. And there's a lot to learn by following the amazing 
Alyssa Cohn. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you so much, Eddie. This was so fun. And thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. As we discussed today, leadership is action. Leadership is an activity. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.